practice ways of like stripping things back, you know, as in stripping whatever psychological barrier is there and causing me to resist it. I have to try and identify that and eliminate it, you know. I see harmony differently on the piano. And when I compose there, it's very, it can tend to be a bit more uh, freely. That was Jennifer McMahon this week on From the Maker to the Maid podcast. listening to from the maker to the maid podcast hey how's it going hope you're all doing good happy sunday it's sunday where i am but it might not be sunday where you are hope you're having a good week hope you're about to have a good week my name is barry power i'm a musician songwriter wannabe digital renaissance man from the Maker to the Made is my podcast. Every week I sit down with creative people and try and unlock the secrets of their process and explore what it means to be a working creative in the modern digital world. This week on the podcast is Jennifer McMahon. Jennifer is a singer, songwriter and producer from Dublin. Her music is a genre crossover blending jazz inspired harmony with funk and soul. Jennifer has a profound gift for exploring personal and very emotive themes in her music, giving her work honesty authenticity and an emotional heft which most of us normal artists can only aspire to jennifer is preparing to launch her debut album part of the whole on november 8th 2019 so if it's past that date and you're listening to this then it's out now so go check it out it will be on spotify and all that kind of crack and she's also got some gigs coming up again these are time specific so if you miss them what were you doing she plays the Signal series in Arthur's Blues and Jazz Club on October 3rd, the Dublin Unitarian Church on November 29th. In the episode, we spoke about too much music theory being a bad thing for your songwriting, uh, being afraid of the word artists and finding the creativity in spreadsheets. All of the relevant links are included in the show notes. I'd like to thank everybody who's been visiting my website, barrypowermusic.com, and signing up to my mailing list there. The ebook has been doing great, where I choose to shine a light. Um, if you'd like to be a guest, or you know somebody who would be interested in being a guest and talking about their own experience as a creative and a maker of things, send me an email from the maker to the maid at gmail.com. Um, if you've been enjoying the podcast or you think it might be of benefit to somebody, please. Share it round, like, comment, subscribe. And if you're feeling especially generous, consider giving me a, a positive review on iTunes. It really helps with the visibility of the podcast. And also, I will give you a shout out on the show next week or the week after or whenever you do it. Do it. Uh, all these links, as usual, will be included in the show notes. That is it for me this week. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Here's Jennifer McMahon. Enjoy. Jennifer McMahon, you're very welcome to From the Maker to the Maid. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for Fantastic. having me. It's great that you'll be here. Yeah. Great that you are here. See, first edit. <laughs> done. <laughs> yeah, I think, I've, I think I've made a mess of the intro every time. I've really? Yeah. That's funny because I'm, um, I'm listening to an audio book called The Untethered Soul. 
Oh, I've heard that. It's yeah, really my, good. Actually, my wife is reading that. Oh, really? Yeah, she okay. loves it. She's wow. just reading it. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. But now that you said, like, welcome to be here or something like that. Welcome to be here. But that kind of that kind of made sense in the realm of, like, what's going on in my head. I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. being here. Welcome to that being here. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, I, yeah, that's the new intro from now on. Yeah. Welcome to being here. I like it. Yeah, yeah. good. Perfect. We've coined it. <laughs> So let's start off with um, a little bit about how you got into music in the first place and what drew you to it. And uh, I'm really interested to find, you know, a moment where most people have an experience with music where they, they might start learning it. But there's a few people, you know, the musicians who kind of take it that step further and go, kind of take ownership of it and say, well, this mm. is mine now. Can you remember any kind of you know, early memories where that might have happened, where you said, well, I can I can play, but I can also write with this or I can use it for myself. I actually think that happened quite late for me. Um, I think that because I went to a primary school that there was mu- music was available to us, you know, so we had to learn how to play the recorder when, like in second class or something. Mm-hmm. And then we had some the option to have like uh, piano classes and guitar classes. So it was very something that was available to me. Um, and then my brother is a guitar player. So I think at home I would see him playing. So it just felt like a natural kind of thing that I would try and take up music, but I was definitely drawn more to that than, than sports or anything like that, you know? Um, and I, I think like, a that kind of feeling of like, okay, I can use this as a like creative tool kind of, I don't think that happened until pretty recently, like the last, maybe the last five years or so. Oh, really? Yeah. So you would have been kind of into your music, musical education at that stage, though, yeah. before you... Yeah, it's mad. I think um, I always... I, I think by the time I was around 14, I started taking vocal classes. And that this felt like a very... Of all the instruments I'd studied, this felt like very... Okay, this is the, vo- this is the instrument for me. This is what I want to... This is what I feel resonates with me most. And this is the one that I'm going to practice more and all of that yeah, kind of stuff, yeah. you know. I was still taking guitar classes and stuff like that. But singing felt like something for me. And I used to write poetry as well. So I guess it was the words as well. Being able to say the words meant a lot to me, you know. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I've gone off topic. So how, like... You say it came a bit later. How was that? Yeah. Oh, how yeah. How it kind of show itself to you? So I think all throughout school, I, I was just always drawn to music. And I knew that when I left school, I was going to study music. I just knew this, you know. It just felt like it was just there, was, there wasn't going to be anything else, you know. Yeah. So I never had um, really the kind of like, should it be music? Should it not be? It was always like, I'm going to study music, you know. Even though at, on some level, I feel like maybe because it was so intuitive, I wasn't thinking of it as a career. I was just thinking of this is something that is really big in my life and I'm going to pursue it. Yeah. Um, so it was only probably, yeah, like I say, five years ago, I, I was in my undergraduate program at that point where I was just improving my musicianship skills and musicianship skills. <laughs> is that hard word to say? Take two. Yeah, go. <laughs> and um, yeah, and writing and just learning just, yeah, the whole musical becoming a well-rounded musician, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think at some point then I, I realized I had I had written songs before, you know? Um, but I think at that point I started to get more creative with it and think of it more as a, um, yeah, tool to just create stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does, um, 
I hate to use the word, but like, what does your process look like when you're when you're creating things? Yeah, I don't know if I have. Are like, you tortured? Do you know do you have to drag things out, or do you find it comes quite naturally? I think it's changed over time. You know, I think when I first started writing songs, it was very uh, just writing things that felt like it was just an intuitive thing. You know, and I was kind of learning chords on the guitar, so it was very singer songwritery style. You know. And then when I started to study jazz, different elements were coming into like my uh, writing and some of my songs tend to be more like compositions, you know, there was kind of longer forms and different um, music-y kind of things, you know. Music-y um, things. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that are like, when you, like when I play those kind of songs for my friends that like listening to like pop music, they're kind of like... Oh yeah. That chord's weird. Yeah, that like that's kind of would you not write pop songs so? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah, but, you know. Do you find when you're writing that because you have this kind of background of knowledge in theory that you approach it kind of from a theoretical point of view a lot or do you know is it like you you kind of approach it from how you hear it if you know what I mean? I think as I was learning a lot of theory, I was definitely approaching it in that way and using using that as a tool to kind of practice writing and practice like, oh, I, I love this sound or this mode. I'm going to write something in this mode, you know, as kind of as yeah. a tool for for ear training, but also for like, let me see how this can sound in a song, you know, and more and more I, I move away from that because I don't think that that's really um it, it can inhibit you yeah a little bit yeah definitely definitely and and I, I don't really want to write from that place not as a not as a songwriter I think that it's it's a great tool to use for like composing stuff you know if you're doing like some uh, film scoring or something there's definitely like tools and sounds that fit with certain imagery and all of this stuff and I love all of that but I think for writing songs I feel like it has to be a bit more of an intuitive thing or um, a little bit more natural and less logic-y and I, I I have a problem with that because I'm quite like logistical and very yeah. um I think about things a lot you know so yeah yeah so I try to balance that but definitely the the most recent songs that I'm, I've been writing are more hopefully more natural and just me sitting with a guitar and coming up with a melody and and lyrics and and not thinking like oh you know the so six do, do you have a way going. into that like so you can kind of do you have a, a kind of a a thing that helps you, you know, write more intuitively? Do you have like a... Actually, I know, find... seat by the window or, you know? Yeah. Um, I like just being at home alone. Um, and I just moved back from Spain this year. So I find myself back at home. For and the weather. Like, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, but there's there's so many people. It, like, there's just... It's like a train station, you know? And I, I don't cope well in that. So I really enjoy, like, the moments of, of solitude and... So when I have that calm and quiet. Yeah, yeah, I definitely need that. Um, and yeah, just just kind of sitting with the guitar and like playing a chord and saying, oh, that sounds nice. That would. And then I might sing a little part of a melody and see where it goes to next, you know. Yeah. Or sometimes I'd start with lyrics. Maybe I have the lyrics first and I'll try to, to put them over something, you know. But uh, whichever comes first is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have like one strict method. You know, yeah. in terms of lyrics first, then chords or whatever. It's kind of more of an intuitive thing. Um, what what do you struggle with then? Do you, like, is it easy to do the lyrics and the music? Or is the music part harder? Or do you um, have a, 
Are they all easy? No, I wouldn't say they're easy at all. I guess it depends. Um, I find that my my understanding of the piano very much comes from like my jazz kind of education. So I, I see harmony differently on the piano. And when I compose there, it's very, it can tend to be a bit more uh, frilly and there's lots of chords and yeah. Um, the chords might come easily, but there's also a bit of thinking behind it, you know. So then I'm trying to fit like melodies, more complex kind of melodies around that. Um, but I find when I write with the guitar, it's just my my uh, understanding of harmony is much more limited, you know. I play shapes on the guitar, you know. Yeah. Um, so in, when I'm doing that, the melody feels more natural. Um, Do you ever write melody just on its own with no instrument? I think I've done that once, yeah. Um, I remember being in Spain when I came back for from um, from home from Ireland. Went back to Spain at Christmas time, and I was just walking down towards the college actually, and because I was studying there, and I had this melody in my head, just like the first line of a song, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go in and, and see what that is and what kind of chords I can put under it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And did you did you find it easy then to to find the chords for that? Yeah, I tend to, um, I don't necessarily follow like uh, conventional harmony, you know? Yeah. Like I'm kind of, even even in that way, it's kind of more. I think to, once, you, once you kind of dive into the jazz world, it's hard to go back to yeah. more conventional harmony. Because yeah. it's like, well, why use two chords and you can use <laughs> six? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And I love like dissonance and I love tension and stuff like that. So yeah. the melody was, it already felt like it was going to be, oh, this, this note is a tension on some chord, you know, I didn't know what chord that was or whatever, but I kind of knew yeah, the kind of concept of what I wanted, you know. And that's the other difficulty, I think, from coming from a jazz point of view to a pop point of view is that, you know, you can enjoy that dissonance and really relish it. Whereas when you hear... A pop song it's like i don't want to throw in like a flat nine here and then it's just yeah it just sounds off everyone in the band looks at you like yeah what are you doing <laughs> that's not there <laughs> but i meant to do it wrong <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, no find, wrong notes. I find the same i'll approach you know and the the theory behind it is great as a tool yeah which i fall on it a lot um because like, i'm going to put this chord here because it's naturally supposed to be there theoretically mm. rather than would I have chosen it yeah. had I just not known the reason why. Yeah. And I've, I've often wondered how different my own writing would be had I not kind of learned so much about the theory of music. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the pure, the pure creation. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely limiting. I think in in all all of the stuff that it gives you, it can be quite limiting as well. My brother, for example, is an amazing guitarist. He's completely self taught, and he can play anything by ear. And he has like hundreds of songs. Like he's just he just creates and oh, this is a great riff. And then he'll he'll get the riff down, and then he'll come up with like some cool nice chordal thing. And then you oh yeah, that's deadly. And then he'll come up with a melody, and it's just so. It seems to come so naturally to him, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, I wish my ear was like that. I wish I was, you know, firing out stuff like that, you know? Instead yeah, of you, just being caught up on the on the thing that's supposed to be kind of things, you know? It's very easy to bypass your ear in that situation. Yeah. And go, well, 
this is technically going to be right, but you kind of, you won't listen to it, uh, you know. Yeah. And somebody else said, well, that sounds really weird. Yeah. <laughs> but technically it fits. But it's correct. So, yeah. What's the it's problem? Lydian. Yeah. <laughs> so would you have any, um, would you have any things that really stop you from sitting down and writing? Like any, um, maybe writer's block or, or anything like that. Do you ever, do you ever have any, um, yeah. resistance? Do you ever yeah. read that book, The Art of War? Yeah. The, Art of... The, the Art of War is a good one too. Yeah, the yeah. War of Art. Yes. Um, I've read that recently and I, 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 it was actually about two years ago and I read it while I was studying and I gave it to somebody in my class and I can't remember who it was, so I can never ask for it back, but I'd love to read it again. It's like a short book, right? Like yeah. Really thin. And I remember reading it and it was really good. Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. But he kind of says that like we all have a resistance to actually just sit down and, and get the work done. And I think I, I find myself personally like that. You can kind of hide behind the theory of things so you don't necessarily present yourself emotionally or present yeah. yourself, you know, with your true creativity mm-hmm. and I think you know the I'm really fascinated by how people kind of overcome those yeah those resistances well I've been doing a lot of reading I think for me those kind of resistances I need to practice ways of like stripping things back you know as in stripping whatever psychological barrier is there mm-hmm. and causing me to resist it I have to try and identify that and eliminate it you know yeah um I read uh, The Artist's Way. I don't know if you've read oh, this. Oh, yes. Yeah, That's what yeah. I thought you were going to say, actually. This is a popular theme on this podcast. Yeah. There's like five people. Have really? Oh, they read it. This book is That's amazing. Yeah. It's, so, it's so good. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's up the there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that helped me so much. Like, the morning pages are great just to just to get you started doing something. Get, like, not in your head at all, you know? Just I just have to turn up on the page. Actually, this became, like, a motto for me, you know? I just yeah. have to show up. Um. And, and that's actually the hardest part, you know, is showing up because when you're there, you're like, I, I want to do this. I could do this all day, you know. So the hardest part for me is just getting there. And I do yoga as well, you know, and they have the, the same principle in, in yoga that um, it's just about showing up, you know. It's just being there on that day. Yeah. Yeah. And just like being in that moment, just like, OK, now I'm on the mat. I may as well do it, you know, yeah. even if you, even if your first step is to just, okay, I'm just going to like sit on the mat today. That's all I'm going to do. If you've done that, you've already done the work for that day, you know? And, and it's quite often, often the hardest thing, you know, is to just go like, even here now, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a studio here yeah. in the back of my house. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll be looking at it and go, I should really be out there writing more yeah because i have a facility here that you yeah. know not everybody has access to mm-hmm. and uh i find that those things are, are the things that hold me back yeah you know it's not it's not it's never about the gear or mm-hmm. you know i don't have enough stuff or i don't have enough space or i don't have enough time it's all about you know there is there's something extra there something like oh, yeah i just can't get over it yeah I have a theory that um, just the whole like being an artist in society is still not really it's kind of I don't want to say looked down on but it's kind of like oh you're just kind of hanging around playing a bit of music you know it's like not really taking that seriously sometimes you know and I feel like at least with me I feel like some of that definitely got into my head you know and so when I'm not doing something 
that I know I should be doing from like an artistic point of view I'm kind of like yeah well you know I should probably be trying to make money or I should be probably looking into this kind of job or you know like putting it off with with other people's agendas of what I should be doing you yeah. know instead yeah, of yeah. just going no this is what I want to do and I'm just going to do it you know I think musicians in general have have that it's yeah like, oh you're a musician what? yeah yeah it's you know? so sad yeah you're still it, playing it your is music, a shame. Are you? Oh. And you do, you do feel a little bit, yeah, you feel a little bit underappreciated in that kind of, in yeah. that kind, in, in this, it's not looked on as a career like a doctor has or, yeah. do you know, yeah. and I think a, a tough thing about being creative or living, you know, a creative, a more creative lifestyle is that you need space and time to have the ideas flow naturally. Yeah. And it might seem like you're sitting around and staring at the walls and going, you know, what, what, are, what are you waiting for? But it's in those moments that inspiration can. Yeah, can absolutely. Come. And it's, it's not a, it's very hard to, it's very hard to quantify that to somebody else. Yeah. Do yeah. You know, I need to go for a walk now. Get my creative juices going, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, but, They're like, just go and get a real job. Just go and get a job. <laughs> But this is what my job is. And yeah. It's why it's great. And, you know, I actually, I think that that's, it's our responsibility actually to, to take those things that we need, you know, like to take a walk or to do yoga or to meditate or to write or whatever it is, you know, like, I think that that's, at least for me, that's part of my job, you know, because yeah. otherwise I can't show up and be the kind of musician that I want to be, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's like fundamental actually to it's very much about headspace you know you have to be in the right space to create yeah so i would agree yeah yeah that is start a revolution <laughs> absolutely but i think i think it's important for anybody who would be considering going into the arts as a career that you know this this is part of how it works yeah and sometimes you do have to uh take a bit of time out for yourself and take care of yourself because Something that I've really noticed uh, with everybody I've spoken to is is the struggle that, that they have for, for some similar reasons. You know, you, you're kind of trying to justify why you should have this career. Yeah. And even the word career, some people have a big issue with it. It's like, well, you're a creative person. You can't, you can't have a career doing that. It's yeah. like something you do on the side. And right. it's not really a real job. Yeah. So, not only do you have to overcome the struggles of, you know, perfecting your craft or learning your instrument or whatever, if you happen to be a musician, but you also have this kind of this stuff going on in your head that yeah. it's like, well, do you know, am I allowed to call myself an artist? Yeah, yeah. And that's the, the artist way is great for that stuff, I think, trying mm -hmm. to overcome some of those boundaries, you know. Yeah. So don't be afraid. Call yourself yeah. an artist. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to be calling yourself an artist for anybody else to call you call you an artist, I think. Yeah, but it, it seems like sometimes the word artist is kind of like a dirty word, you know. It's yeah. Like, yeah, artist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you make art, do you? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, especially when you look at, you know, trying to, trying to sell your art mm -hmm. and market it. Yeah. And this is all like a, a strange thing for for artists as well yeah it's like you know what the the first rule of marketing is like well you have something that solves a problem for somebody yeah do you know it's like i've a broken toilet so you know i i'm a plumber and i can fix it yeah whereas an artist will fix your existential problems yeah which is harder to kind of 
to market yeah, and, yeah, uh, for sure. and and even the word sell it is kind of like Whoa. yeah but that's know. something i think we struggle with a lot trying to because we're kind of selling ourselves you know yeah and that's hard that's yeah i don't know it i i struggle difficult. with that i think most of us kind of do you know well i think it, it, it you know it really fits in as an artist in the modern age you know you have to yeah you know you have to put yourself out there and be seen and heard and you know it's not just about your music but it's about who you are and yeah yeah which kind of sucks a little bit <laughs> it's tough it's hard to, i think i think it's kind of you don't mind being open through your art and showing things mm. in that way when it's kept and it's like you can kind of you can handle it easy yeah but uh when there's the extra bit that's like oh, i have to talk now or i have to uh do you know i have to go on instagram and yeah take a picture yeah <laughs> yeah yeah how do you how do you deal with all this oh. do you know do you have a simpler one you could just get a record deal and... <laughs> yeah yeah it's mad because there's such a there's so many benefits to to the way it is now as well as as all of the the negatives as well you know i i think um just trying to be like as honest as possible is is what i that's the only approach i can i can yeah. think of you know it's like i mean i so i studied when i was in spain you know and we had this course called um the artist as a startup so we were talking about like budgets and touring and planning and organizing, getting it, you know, if you have a recording session, getting every everything That's together. Amazing. It was very cool. It was very good. Um, but it also talks about like identifying your stakeholders and mapping out who who your audience is and all of this, you know, and it's very useful. But um, it came to me at a point when I was recording my music. So listen, at, like hearing all of this stuff while still being in the creative process was very, I feel like it's kind of damaging a little bit, you know, if there's a way, I mean, I know it's important to learn all of that stuff, but if there's a way of kind of securing yourself in the little artist bubble until everything is created and then going on to, okay, now I need to take this product and do the business thing with it, you know, because I found that really hard, you know, like, they're talking about, you know, oh, make sure, you know, you might be the kind of artist that's sharing their process on Instagram, for example. So maybe you write a song and you're like sharing your lyrics or you share a little snippet or this kind of stuff. Or you might be what they call like a top down artist, which is just you, you kind of come out of nowhere and you're just like, hey, I have an album, check it out. And it's all a big hullabaloo out of okay, nowhere, well, you know, right. this kind of stuff. You too stuff. Yeah. yeah. So like deciding which one, which one you are or which approach you want to take and man, this stuff is exhausting for me, you know? I'm just like, yeah. I don't know. I just like, I just wrote a song. Can I not just like, I'll I just... D- I, I, I struggle with that too. But what I found that worked for me is instead of looking at, looking at it kind of like, well, there's the creative side and then there's all the business side. And obviously you go like, well, the business side is all shit and it's no fun and, you know, it's work and it's emails and all that kind of stuff. But if you can find the, creativity in the business yeah. side mm-hmm. it'll come together like there's a um, if you're writing an email say to go out and you think about selling your music if you think about it when you're everybody's kind of naturally selling 
every day when they're talking about something that they really like like if there's something on netflix that you just watched it's really cool it's really easy to talk about and say you should check that out because it's really good and yeah you know you think of all these superlatives to go with it Mm -hmm. and if you can kind of bring that into your business side of things your your selling becomes easier because you're just talking about things that you like yeah you go well i dig this and this is cool and you know if you if you can look at all the the techie stuff mm-hmm. a little bit more creatively i think it helps to kind of marry those two yeah otherwise you're just kind of going well this is business and i hate it and yeah, this is creativity yeah. and i love it whereas you can bring them together and you know see the creative side in yeah definitely that's know. good advice i'm well i'm i'm trying to lean more towards that yeah um but it doesn't always work and yeah. not everything is innately creative <laughs> true <laughs> Very true. Like spreadsheets. Spreadsheets. Yeah. Uh, but see, you know. <laughs> you can get creative with spreadsheets. You can, you can do color systems. Or yeah. You can do, you know, and you say like oh, spreadsheets, but, you know, some people really take spreadsheets. Yeah. 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 The order of it or the. Yeah. I, te- I definitely get that. But I, I do have this, this kind of issue of when you're doing something that's not the music, strictly the music, I'm kind of like, oh should be doing i should be practicing or should be doing this or should be doing that yeah. even though it's like what you're doing is still like essential to your music business kind of i'm like oh yeah but i should be you know well do you think um because actually kev herm who is um he's on next week's show oh which, cool. if you're listening to this it was like four weeks ago so go check out <laughs> episode two with kev herm um he said something that it, what you said there a minute ago and I forgot what you said. <laughs> About, what did I say? Oh, that you feel like you should be practicing when you're doing the other stuff. Oh, yeah. He said, well, his point was that um, you're not going to be able to be creative for your whole day. Like, or, you know. Yeah. Like, there's a very limited time. I know when you're studying, mm. there's a limited time where you'll spend like five or six hours on your instrument a day. But, you know the life that you're going to have as a creative person doing that all day mm-hmm. you know you, it's it's going to be tough to build a career on that and it's going to be tough to you know once you once you get like kind of family involved or you have other commitments like paying rent or anything yeah. like that mm-hmm. um you know there's some people maybe lucky enough to spend you know six and seven hours a day still practicing yeah but uh, he was kind of more at peace with it that, you know, it's obviously it's the dream to get to do what you want all day yeah. with, with your day. But, you know, I think if you can get whatever you can get done and be kind of OK with that. Yeah. I think then you are living the dream, really, then. That's true. Yeah. You know, but, I, you know, it it is tricky. Just striking a balance, I suppose, you know. Actually, I'm listening to, I'm mad into audiobooks right now. I'm listening to um, How to Make It in the New Music Business. Okay, you know yeah. I think I, is it Ari something? Yeah. 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 I think I, I think I got about halfway through it, maybe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd fancy reading it, you know. Yeah. It sounds like it'd be one of those books that. But it's true. It, like the music business is, is especially strange because it's so different from any other type yeah. of business and, and it's, it's changing so quickly as well yeah absolutely yeah and he he talks about 
this, you know, like we're saying about the creative side and the, the business side. And he's talking about, you know, for example, when you're recording an album or you're writing for an album and then you go in to record it, the goods of your time is spent on creative things or the music itself, you know, and you might spend like a year doing that. So it kind of makes sense that for the next year, you're going to do a lot of business stuff, like probably equal amounts of business stuff to to market so that. And yeah. yeah. So he's talking about actually you're kind of you have to always have have this balance of kind of the music and the business side of things, you know, which I think so. Sense. And I think it's something that's very difficult when you go to have a career as a musician is that you come to the bit the business side of things is always kind of secondary it's always like oh i have to do that now and then you not only do you have to do it but you have to learn how to do it mm -hmm. and there's very very few places and very few resources that you can find of people that will genuinely show you how to do things i mean yeah. we talked about spreadsheets like yeah no idea how to how to put how things to into spreadsheets, spreadsheets or <coughs> or build a website or anything like that yeah and, I mean, YouTube is really handy, but when you add in the hours that you need to do your business on top of like training mm -hmm. to learn how to run your business and running a business, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, in, it's a lot in the first place. Yeah, it's yeah, the mind boggles. Then. Yeah, it's definitely a steep, uh, a steep curve, you know, at the beginning or or when you have like a new, yeah, like building a website, you know. That takes ages, potentially, yeah. you know, or learning how to edit videos or first of all, there's the investment in like a good camera or software and then the learning how to edit the stuff. And yeah. and as a like DIY musician, this is kind of this is part of your job as well, which is. Well, I suppose on the lucky side of things, as a creative person, these are things that say if you had a small shop. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you, you kind of have an inherent understanding of you know making videos or yeah whether, a, whether you have the actual skills to shoot it or not but you, yeah you know if you're, a if you're creative there. in a way yeah you'll you'll find your yeah that's true that's true i think so yeah but yeah there's a lot i mean yeah i get totally overwhelmed because I'm, I'm the kind of person that i see like i have this idea in mind now for my album artwork and i'm like oh i wonder if i can like draw this picture and then animate it in blender <laughs> yeah like so i have to learn how to use blender which sounds amazing you know but it's also like a massive learning curve and at the moment i'm like mixing the music you know yeah so at what point like what what is most important at that point you know do you wait until you finish the mixing and then start getting into that or do you do them both at the same time then be like oh yeah are pushing you, deadlines and are you good at deadlines i think i need deadlines actually are you good at keeping them it depends if it's somebody else's deadline i'm great at it if it's my own it it has been movable but it i think that um it depends it really depends on everything else that's kind of going on for me to be honest yeah. you know if i'm able to really be focused I'll, I'll i'll get it done you know but if if i have other stuff going on unfortunately that tends to be something that i'll kind of move around you know so did you find you had to supplement do you know, say so you've got the album go on the go, so you have to supplement that with other work then. Yeah, yeah. So what do I, what? Yeah. Um, at the moment, well, just in the summer gone, I, I was teaching, I was coaching at a summer camp. Um, 
but I, I do different just like freelance jobs as well um are they music related teaching or the yeah the teaching was um some of them are not like i'm gonna start a position in october which is like a recording technician which is the job i applied for which sounds great that does sound cool but it's it's in in like legal situations so i didn't know that until i got the phone call they're like yeah we got your cv this is cool and this is going to be in the courts blah 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 and i was like oh okay it's to be honest i'm i'm interested you know yeah so i'm not um i'm not disappointed that it's not in a studio but uh yeah so there's these these things you know so recording audio for people talking yeah i have just learned about yeah, yeah. <laughs> learned about that yeah. yeah and it's different microphones do different things yeah yeah uh, yeah but you'll find you know that is that is a strange one. <laughs> it is a strange, and I managed to pick up these strange jobs somehow. Yeah, I totally do. But do you, do you enjoy it? Like, is it nice having a break from the kind of the worry of the big thing? Yeah, you know, I think it's necessary. The album and the career and the yeah, definitely business and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I just I rent a little spot in town, which is kind of like it's in a like an artist hub. But it's, it's not specifically like a music studio. It's like a little artist space, you know. So I have like, I have my guitar in there and I have different things for writing and stuff. But I, I make other stuff as well. So I just have like loads of just things that I can make cool. in there, you know. So it's kind of like my spot where I just go and I mix sometimes on the, just with my headphones on the computer. Um, and then sometimes I just go and like make sand paintings. Yeah, stuff, that's cool. You know? It's great. It's just like a... a like a therapy kind of thing you know so yeah i definitely enjoy the the other things you know that aren't and just that. like do you, how do you feel about making art that isn't kind of your main art you know again i got this from the artist's way because i start when i was a kid my mom used to make some of my clothes like she made my communion dress and she was really creative in this way and that also was something that I just picked up, you know. So when I was a teenager, I would like design clothes and I'd be making stuff. And that was just a natural thing. And as I got older, I was kind of just making jewelry and stuff like that. But it was never, it was always just kind of a hobby and, you know. But reading The Artist's Way and she's talking about all, all of these other kind of things that uh, you don't call yourself, you know. But yeah. but you really enjoy and and maybe it could be an income source or whatever you know and it's kind of like not limiting yourself just to like I'm just a singer or whatever you know it's like embracing all of the other roles that you have because I think as musicians we have so many different roles you know and it's very easy as a musician to go I'm only that thing and then you feel like you live and die by the judgment of how you do that thing yeah like I've often found you know, playing guitar and you go, there's someone who's saying, you know, you're out of tune. It's like, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is me and yeah. I'm doing it wrong. But it, it, you're so invested yeah. in what you call your kind of your main outlet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a guitar player, or like you say, I'm a singer. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, do you know what? I'm a painter, but I don't call myself a painter. So if you say what I've done is really bad, I won't care. Yeah, this is so liberating, actually. And it's such it's such a wild idea. Yeah. That, you know, if you can approach music from the same place or the, you know, the one thing that you do. Yeah. If you can approach that from the, I don't care because I'm not kind of, well, obviously you'll care about it, but I'm not kind of emotionally attached to attached it. to it or i don't identify myself as yeah you know as one thing i'm like 
Yeah. You know, I found that as well. I, I took up um, film photography nice. and, you know, podcasting and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so it was easier then to say, well, I'm a musician, but I also do this other stuff. Yeah. And, you know, the other stuff, if it goes well, that's great. Yeah. But, you know, it, it took some of the pressure off, you know, just being, I'm only this and that's all you can, <laughs> that's yeah. all you can be. Yeah. And I think like nowadays, most of us are going by these split titles kind of thing, you know. Um, and I think that that's, we, we need to as well, just unless you're, you know, I don't know, Beyonce or something. You can, you can just be a singer if you're Beyonce, even though I know she's yeah. not. But um, oh, there's something you said there that reminded me. Oh, I can't remember now. That comes to me. But Beyonce did the work, definitely. Yeah, no, 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 I know. She's she's a bit, she's kind of badass. Oh, she like is a, badass. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. No, but you were saying about, yeah, the idea that like, you know, you're not a podcaster or you're not this, I'm a musician, yeah, I'm not yeah. this. But just the very uh, act of doing it kind of makes you that thing, you know? I think that what we tend to do is like, oh, but I don't have a master's degree in it, so I'm not that, you know? Which but is, this, but this is it. It comes back to like the resistance, of, yeah. of why you can't do something, and that's really it. Was actually the motivator to start talking to people about how they, how they make their things. Yeah. What was that resistance? Because I found for a long time that, uh, you know, I was like putting myself and going, "I'm I'm just this, and I can't really do anything else." Yeah. <laughs> You know, which is it's just something that is was made up in my head yeah and had no kind of real it didn't exist at all yeah <laughs> like i mean of course you can pick up a camera you can pick up a pen and draw a picture i mean yeah you don't have to uh and it's funny because we're all thinking the same thing you know but you don't know that you're just like keeping it into yourself you know yeah oh, I'm absolutely and I, and I think you know that that was the thing it, it, there's a real common theme with everyone i've spoken to yeah about how they approach it and and it, that resistance comes up a lot like it the, i identify this way so yeah you know everyone will hate me if i can't do it right and it's like all this pressure yeah and it's like well and no you're one's... the only one putting it on yourself yeah you know? no one's gonna hate you yeah and then fine. you wonder why people like don't give you the the reassurance is something you need but here how can anybody assure you to the extent that you're putting pressure on yourself you know what i mean yeah it's yeah. all on you really and it, it, it is a tricky one to quantify because you know what makes you a successful musician you know is it is it making money is it making the charts is it making you know yeah and, and then it comes down to everybody's idea of success right know what is your idea of success yeah my idea what, what oh, is your idea okay <laughs> no you're asking me uh, well i was asking more general but yeah you know. yeah no that's true that's something that i i was only thinking about that today actually um because of the album as well you know because i'm in the this i'm mixing it myself and of course i have this like unending doubt about myself because i'm not a, a mix engineer mm -hmm. but i studied it and i i practiced it for a long time you know and and i'm doing it so what makes me not exactly a, a mix engineer or whatever you know okay i don't have 20 years of experience and somebody who does is definitely going to do it better but i'm doing it you know but i had this thought as well like so let's say the album is done and what what how do I define what is a successful album for me, you know, or, or 
yeah, what is the best outcome here? Why do I want to release it the way I'm releasing it? Why do I want to, why do I want to mix it and not have somebody else mixing it? And I think it's important when you approach a project to have that somehow, you know, and maybe it changes throughout the project, but at least to start with, okay, I'm going to record an album just for me, you know, or whatever your, your goal is, you know, so that, okay, at the end, maybe you chart with your album. Cool. That's like a step above it being just for me. So it's successful, you know, it was already a success when I just made it because that's all I wanted to do, you know? Yeah. Or is it like, okay, I'm recording an album. I want to get number one in blah, blah, blah. Or I want to sell so many copies or I want to get featured on this thing. And none of that happens. Is that then a failure? You know, that's a good point. Because, you know, if you've made, if you've actually made something, you know, then it's it definitely is a success. Yeah. Whether, whether it's, you know, goes on to do anything or not. Yeah. The fact that it was created. Yeah. Was, is already was, yeah. the thing. Yeah. It's a, it's, that's, that can be a tough sell though, because, you know, if you said that to a businessman. Yeah. <laughs> they'd be like, what do you mean you made like 400,000 copies of your album and you didn't <laughs> sell any? Do you know? Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, you have to be smart as well. Well, Yeah. But in that from i mean i think that that's a really that's a really wise place to come from yeah is if you can if you can be happy with with the creation of it mm-hmm. first and foremost yeah as you know you know it's a finished thing that i did yeah yeah and then then okay you have whatever parameters for releasing it into the world and defining what that means what success means in yeah. that context i would i'd i'd hazard a guess that there's very few musicians out there who make an album to put it like this is going to make me a fortune yeah you know yeah maybe there's a few but if if you know if i was going and my sole goal was to make money from something i wouldn't probably not be doing yeah doing music you right. know i'd go work in a bank or something yeah yeah it'd be much more likely that i'd make a lot of money doing that yeah i know there are producers that just there that's their goal like i'm gonna make a hit you know, I have to yeah. find a singer, I have to find a writer or whatever the, you know, and we're going to make a hit and that's it. And they try and whether it becomes a hit or not, you know, is another thing, but that's their objective, you know, mm. which is interesting. So do you find that now when you make music that you're, you can you be happy with the joy of creation? Yeah. Or I mean, that's the most, that's the most enjoyable part for me, you know, and the idea of then being able to perform it for people or, or hopefully they're, they're going simultaneously anyway. Um, I've, I have a hard time with the mixing stuff because because there is this underlying, I'm not a mixer. Why am I doing this? You know, yeah. this is probably terrible, even though I'm like, I'm doing it and I don't want to I don't want to put it out in the world while I feel like this is terrible. You know, I'm going to get it to a point where I'm happy with it and then share it. You know, how do, how do you get there? <laughs> when do you know that something is finished yeah i i think are you good at drawing a line under it and... we'll see because this is my first album so i don't know it's the truth this is my first uh so it's the first creative project that i have this this thing of like this is my thing versus i've made loads of other things like jewelry and stuff and it's like yeah it's done whatever it's fine yeah. or pictures and i'm like yeah it's done you know and it, I like that phrase that, you know, art is never finished. It's just abandoned. Yeah. And that's, I, that's so true, you know. And yeah. But I think because it's it's like our thing, you, you 
hone in on it so much more. I'd love to be able to go, oh yeah, it's fine, it's done. But I, I can't, you know, with music I can't. It's like, no, I could still, you know, there's a bit of EQ stuff that needs to be done yeah. there. Or I could still, you know, I need to listen to it on different speakers. Or, there's always like something, another element, you they're, know. They're always, and you're so close to it that uh, yeah, it's very hard to... Uh, it is to be like... It's very hard to be objective on it. Yeah, exactly. But at that point then, I think you just have to put a deadline. Yes. You know? I, I agree with deadlines, but like you, I can I can keep other people's deadlines, but yeah. my own deadlines are not good. Yeah. Maybe you need like a, what's that? Like a responsibility buddy is a phrase. I can't remember. Oh yeah. Accountability. Accountability. Yeah. yeah. That's a, one of the buzzwords. Now, yeah. It? I need it's to be held of, accountable. It's good though. I mean, I, I feel like that works for me. I remember saying that to a friend and she was like, no, that's not, no, I can't do that. I'm like that's gonna kill my buzz altogether you yeah know? yeah but yeah if it works for you you know that's true i actually just started uh collaborating with somebody in spain which is a very new thing for me um and i was a bit scared to start it as well because we're in different countries and it's more of a, an artistic research project so we don't need to be in the same room but it's amazing how quickly things are getting done because there's a back and forward and there's a little bit of like, okay, yeah. so let's work on this this week and then we'll check in and then I'll do a little bit of work and then I'll send send him a little thing. Say, oh, I just updated our folder, blah, blah, blah. And he'll he'll write little notes on the folder and they be, yeah, yeah, I just answered your notes. And I'm like, this is amazing. It's actually yeah, like moving absolutely. forward, you know. I think a collaboration is, is massive, especially when you're kind of in your own, on your own, you know, if you're, if you're working from your own studio or whatever yeah that uh you know having that feedback is just yeah is crucial definitely it, yeah it really really helps and it really helps you get out of your own kind of you know narrow-minded yeah <laughs> narrow totally there, I, I speak for myself now. yeah no i i feel the same you know and I, there's been times that I'll, I'll like write something and i'll say to him like look i just wrote something for the sake of getting a head start on it can you you know i did this, whatever, maybe you can give me your feedback. And because more often than not, I'm like, if, if I don't just do that and make that first step, then I'll put it off for ages because I'm like, oh, I don't really know what I'm supposed to write, supposed to write, you know? Yeah. Instead of just writing and then be like, okay, this is it for now. And we can work it yeah. then. It's, it's, it's going to change, easier, you know? It's much easier to, to edit than to come up with stuff. Yeah, totally. Like just write way more than you need and then strip it away and then you have it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely learn that. That's the good thing about the morning pages as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've mentioned the artist's way. Yes. Loads and of times. <laughs> have you any other The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron? Yeah. Uh, which is an excellent book. And yeah, if you're listening to this, go out and get yourself a copy Definitely. if you haven't already. Other than that, can you recommend any books or resources or anything you found really helpful or inspirational? Yeah. Let me think. Um <clears throat> I think a lot of what I find inspiring, um, I find like a lot of kind of philosophical things inspiring, you know, like we were talking earlier about the untethered soul, Yeah. you know, it's just because music is so related to, to everything in life for me, you know, so having just a different perspective on life in general, often I feel like I, I kind of put a mirror between the two of them and see how they reflect on each other, you know? Yeah. Um, in saying that, I, I was listening also to, um, what is it called? Insanely Gifted. It's by Jamie Cato. 
or Kato, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Is that K-A-T-O? It's C-A-T-T-O. Um, and it's the subtitle is like uh, using your your inner demons for creative expression or something like that. Wow. Um, but it's actually really, really good. It's Excellent. really good. Yeah, that one. And also uh, just something that I found interesting. It was called um, The Runaway Species. So this is um, a collaboration between like a scientist and a musician. And they're talking about um, all of these seemingly failed creations and how they ended up actually being like really successful for whatever reason. Like maybe they tried to be something else and it wasn't, but it ended up being right. something so else. So what, what kind of creations? One of the things I can think of was like uh, there was a, a space um, mission and in the aircraft they had like some kind of... Uh, shortage or whatever but they were having like failure with the airflow and they were re-entering the atmosphere so there was a risk of of them not making it you know Mm. so they i can't remember the specific tools but they were able to fashion something out of something that already existed in it just on the aircraft you know like super simple and that creation led to a new invention yeah exactly yeah and just loads of this stuff um there's another book as well called How to Think Like Da Vinci. Oh, that sounds cool. This is very interesting as well. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Who wrote that? Um, I'm not sure. How to Think Like Da Vinci. How to Think Like Da Vinci. I can't remember the guy's name. But yeah, I think I just get inspired by other artists' stories and and also like listening to podcasts like this, you know, and just hearing how other people deal with stuff. With their things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. I think we shall leave it there. Cool. Jennifer McMahon, thank you very much for for coming. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for being. Yeah. (laughs) You are listening to From the Maker to the Made podcast. 